0: Hi, Steve Arterburn here, and welcome to the New Life Live podcast. We hope to provide help and hope in your life through God's Word, counselors, and psychologists as we answer questions from listeners who call with the challenges of life. Let's go to today's episode.
1: Well, I hope that you are all doing well wherever you are today. It's the one day every four years. I'm sure that Jim and Joel, we are joined by Dr. Joel Hubbard and Jim Burns. Did you guys ever know that about leap year? That's like the the leap day is the day that it corrects so that we're not celebrating seasons in the wrong time. Well, I knew there was a reason for it. I learned
2: something new today on on New Life. I'm very happy about that.
1: There you go. There you go. Well, we're going to learn some more because Jill's going to share something with us. Uh, You were teaching on trauma uh, last time we were together. Uh, Jill, say more about that. Uh, Okay.
3: Right. And this has nothing to do with leap year. So (laughs) I hope none of you are traumatized by leap year. But a couple of days ago in one of our shows, I started talking a little bit about traumatic responses. So, and you guys can feel free to add in. So I wanted to continue that. So let me just recap. We all understand traumatic responses to be the God-given fight-or-flight responses that help to protect us, right? And if we look at really kind of the order of things, um, really... If you're in a situation where there is danger, the first thing is to flee if you can, right? That's that's the best case. When you can't flee, then to be able to fight is a really good thing to do. Um now, these ha- are a little healthier response even though they also have their downsize. When you can't fight, the tendency is to freeze. And so people go into a kind of like the plain possum, almost, right? Um, or the deer in headlights I talked about. Um, sometimes people freeze by uh, dissociating, and it's like they're not even present. Their body's there, but no one's home. I talked about a fourth F, which was fawn, and that's where um, it's not a frozen state, but it's more like a please and a peas. Um, if you can, you know, win this person over, then maybe they won't hurt you. Um, and, and looking about those responses, those are all ways that the brain is trying to protect, right? The problem is with trauma is that those responses get kicked in and get kind of wired in and they continue even when danger is not present. Right. And, and as therapists, too, we're also looking at more of the complexities of it. Right. And in kind of the freezing zone or the fawning zone, okay, I mentioned pleasing and appeasing. Sometimes you're so full of fear and you encounter a situation that reminds you of a trauma, and there's almost like this internal collapse and where you're just submitting to whatever anyone wants sometimes there's this desperate neediness. And we've all encountered people that come across really needy, and yet any help that's given doesn't seem to take hold or or take effect, right? And so when people are in these stages, again, they're in a more primitive place in their brain, and they cannot jump into adult processing. So I'm hearing the music. Okay, so one of my main points, though, was that – a lot of times people have had big traumas, but sometimes there's little traumas. And Becky, maybe I could continue after the break a little bit for a second. Um, just to make a final point here as
1: we're coming after to- the call, be right back. Okay, after this break.
4: To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live.
3: Here we are
1: back at New Life. <laughs> Jill. Becky, go ahead. No, I was okay. going to okay. say, uh, Jill started on a conversation about trauma and we're going to hear the rest of it. Right. So the break kind of interrupted me.
3: Um, So I just wanted to make the point that whatever your response is, if you're finding that it's lingering, uh, this is certainly a reason to seek out help, right? And sometimes it takes a little time to tease out what's really going on. Sometimes with a person, like some people can have horrific things happen to them, and they seem almost unfazed. Right. Whereas so many times in my practice, I've run across people that say, but everything was great. Why am I having these responses? And so... Um, Um, People's responses to trauma is what is significant, not the trauma itself. Hmm. Whatever has happened to you is not what's significant. It's how you have reacted in life. And everyone's nervous system is wired a little differently. And so if yours is reacting, even if there doesn't seem to be a big T trauma, there's probably likely a small T trauma or what we call cumulative trauma, which is little traumas over time. So there is meaning to why you are reacting. And when you're getting stuck in these more primitive places, you need some help to get regrounded, to get re-regulated, and to get your adult brain back online.
1: I think that's great advice, and it's really good to learn about trauma. We hear about trauma all the time, Mm -hmm. and I don't think people understand it. I actually had somebody say last week to me that um, they had had no trauma, and after a couple of questions, they revealed these major traumas that they had had, but they just didn't think of them as trauma. And so uh, it's just good to do a historical uh, you know, just look back at your life, not because you're trying to find a problem necessarily, necessarily but right. these responses that you're talking yeah. about, Jill, are are really good um, diagnostically. Indicators, you can yes. figure out why you're responding that way. And so it helps And way. to help you not Let's condemn well. your reactions, Yeah. yeah. And right? you know,
2: the words you use, cumulative trauma, mm-hmm. that's really good. Because I think right. sometimes we think, oh, right. well, I haven't had that big of a trauma. I didn't no. have somebody die. I didn't have, you know, I wasn't in this accident. I'm, somewhat healthy, but when you start adding up some of the things that are going on in your life, yeah. that's cumulative trauma. And that trauma can that's sometimes right. be tougher on yeah. your body, on, emotions, on your emotions, your psyche. it is a lot of yeah.
3: times, right? Yeah. Because when something yep. big has happened, it's mm-hmm. like we recognize it. Mm-hmm. It's like it's legitimate. Right. And so a lot of times people feel mm-hmm. like they're not legitimate. Yeah. And let me also just say, right. this is not we're not trying to make victims out of everyone, right? right? Yeah. We're yeah. trying to help equip people yeah. to rise above
2: it. Yeah. Yeah, on another time you'll right, have to help I, me understand it. F for the fifth F for me is food. It's chocolate yeah. chip cookies is my downfall. So if you could help me sometime on that okay, one. So there's okay, a there's okay. another F and well, it's food. It's just
3: a way to dissociate, right? Oh, because totally. food shuts down feelings.
2: Totally. Totally.
1: <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. Well, let's see if we can help a few people. We're gonna to talk to Lori, who's calling us from Pittsburgh, um, listens on the internet. Hey Lori, thanks for calling today. How can we help you?
5: Yeah, uh, as I put in my question, I have two, I figured out recently I have two narcissistic parents, it seems like, uh, 87, 84. Uh, I was with them for off and on for about six months this last year when they were both in Bolton hospital and I was trying to help them recuperate. Uh, anyways, my question has been, how do I confront them on, on all the trauma they've put on me, uh, speaking about trauma, how do I confront them uh, uh uh, if I just had my parents to do it, that would be one thing. But I've got my two brothers, and they're in on this. One brother likes to, is very good at stroking people for what he wants, and it sounds very good. At it. Oh, wait, that's not it. And so he's been doing that with my parents, I'm sure, uh, in the background. And then my other brother. Just shoots mom. Mom likes to climb his shoulder, and so he comes at me, gives me the straightball thing of what mom said, and uh, just. <laughs> and so I've been dealing with that dynamic for like the past six months. It Ended with uh, Christmas, and my family came there. It wasn't just me; it was my family came out there to do nothing but just visit my parents. And my brother shot me this text that uh, about not visiting my parents because they were in. The, uh, my dad was in hospital. And I was like, we did visit them. Do I, do I have to check in or something? If I have or haven't, you know, visited them. And and it was my mom, I think, that was crying on my brother's shoulder, trying to play the victim. And no one's visited that. And she also has some dementia going on. Mm. So between those two, I was like, again, I'm playing the I get the scapegoat thing. That seems to be my role. So I'm just. My question is, how do I confront them on this? My sister-in-law is, it, has really st- very repeatedly warned me that I'm just going to get <clears throat> probably worse hurt than I was that I was w- during the time I was there. Um, I read on the internet about narcissists. They say, you oh, you don't touch, you don't touch narcissists. narcissist. I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> so, Lori, Larry,
3: yeah. Lori I, I just want to clarify a little bit. So you're telling us that okay. your parents are both narcissistic? Yeah. Okay, so you believe, but... Yeah. They're also, your mom's in early dementia. Right?
5: Yeah.
3: Okay. Yeah. So we do. And my dad kind of too. Okay. So we do know as people yes. age, they regress and they become yeah. more self focused and self centered. Uh-huh. So what was ever there before uh-huh. kind of is, is heightened, right? And with dementia, yes. there is also, that also mimics narcissism. Mm. Like all uh-huh. they can think about is what's in front of them, right? I I have a relative that that calls to tell me the weather repeatedly, right? And then hangs up, like asks me no questions about me, as if that's the most important thing that I would want to know about, right? So, um, right, so, Okay, so it's important to remember that so they're not able to connect the dots. And so whatever hurt that you have had with them over the years, that's something for you to work out, for you to go to therapy, work out with sane people, right? Okay, so these narcissistic parents created a dynamic that's still perpetuated with you have two brothers? Yes, I'm the oldest, and there's two brothers below me. Yes. Okay. So when you have narcissistic parents, some people become codependent and depressive, while other people take on those narcissistic characteristics.
5: So all the codependency has been since my brothers. I don't know. I was in college or earlier, and I'm 60 now. So. Yeah. So That's you took on the, the codependent yeah. depressive role. No, my brother did. My oh, your brother. brother. He's okay. codependent. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he was like infantized. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay.
3: So now, because he's been very um, care, caregiving, and codependent with them, he kind of controls things. Is that what you're telling me?
5: He he has the way he's had this free gravy train for years, and uh, so different oh. things that I've done to help my parents was like if it seemed to be contradicting or endangering the what I would call the free gravy train, you know, being able to come to the house and, the, I don't know, everything that he wanted or wants was like, oh, and mom and dad might complain, oh, Lori's just, you know, ripping to the house and trying to get rid of things to move us out or something. And when they were moving to retirement center, okay. so Richard's like, oh yeah, you know, strokes, no, yeah, that's bad, you know. Okay. Oh, so my other brother's the one okay, that so, shoots the wrong thing. So, yeah. Oh,
3: okay, okay. so you each kind of have your roles in this family, and nobody agrees, yeah. right? So Yeah. Okay, so can you repeat your question now that <laughs> so we've gotten all that?
5: It's so convoluted.
3: <laughs> they, they're... Like, is it how to deal with your brothers?
1: Well, it's... I'm wondering... How I'm... Parents... <laughs> well, but Lori, I'm wondering if... <laughs> Yeah, I'm wondering if you don't need a family session, like everybody in the same room, oh. to try and find the places where you gather together. Um, because the, what what I heard you say is that your experience with your parents is different than your brothers, but also yeah. the frustration of what does the future look like. And yeah. this is a common experience for adults sons and daughters as parents age and then you said your mom is dealing with early dementia so then there's that issue yeah. um, Jim what would you yeah. uh, add to this conversation well, you know I was
2: thinking Lori you're in a tough situation mm-hmm. you know we sometimes talk about yes. the sandwich situation sandwich generation with kids but you're actually with my your mom, Jim, mom yeah
5: yeah she betrayed me she offered me the house like a year uh, yeah. a year ago last Christmas yeah. and bait, I felt like baited me and then oh this last my I die, Lori I'm right. like, what what yeah. So, yeah well, there's honor. a couple
2: of thoughts on this. One is, Lori, if you feel good, we're talking about roles, and you're going to have yeah. to find the role in this family that works for you. And it sounds like yeah. your brother's taken a real good job of, you know, being the codependent, so you don't need that. And, you know, no, the, you're, and the codependent's going to sometimes put guilt on you and whatnot, and that's just how it is. You're going to have to feel comfortable with yourself. So not only as, yeah. as, um, you know, one of them I can't remember now talked about, you know, maybe a family session that may work. It may not. I mean, family, meaning when you have an 84 and a and uh, an 87 year old, uh, let, let's be honest, yeah. it may not get better. I hate to be the right, bearer of bad right. news oh, in yeah, that way. You're right. So you may. So the session may be with your brothers and try to work some things out. Feel comfortable in your own self. Get help for you. Mm-hmm. So that you don't feel yeah, guilt, do. yeah. So that you don't feel guilt and and shame, and you know, you may have to change your role a little bit. Maybe your role is the, if you can, you know, to come in there and be the loving, fun daughter, and let them take care of some of the responsibility stuff that you could as the first child, but let them do it. That's if that, they want that role, and you may lose out. I mean, honestly, like I say, like you've said, you know, you think one of the brothers is, you know, kind of taken on some things you may have to lower your expectation of the house or oh, whatever not it might it. my parents
5: is, my yeah. dad's yeah. that's his baby yeah. yeah
2: so all i'm saying is yeah. all i'm saying is is make sure that you get taken care of yourself mm-hmm. that's not a selfish thing that's by the way selfish. you can be more effective right. with your brothers you can be more effective with your uh, parents if you're feeling better about your role uh, and I think that happens with a lot of us because as our parents age, we do start finding what our role is in that. And um, if we can get comfortable with that, then it's it's just going to go a long way.
3: Well, and Jim, I think you were saying, too, maybe you three siblings yeah. and spouses need to talk yeah. just about logistics yeah. and handling things. Right. Obviously, the person that sees your parents the most, they're going to remember the most. Yeah. Right. And so things are not going to be equal if they see you less or talk to you less. They may not always remember that you've called. Right. And so it Uh can feel very invalidating. And so I think to be able to talk about dementia and what happens in dementia with your brothers and how you. You know, what are you each going to do yeah. in helping?
2: Yeah. And there, and there's parts of yeah. it where you almost have to see the humor in it. When, when my yeah. dad was in this case and it was about that age, my brother would say, hey, dad says you haven't seen him for a couple of weeks. I said, I was there yesterday. And, and right. he would go, you're yeah. not getting any points because, you know, he <laughs> forgot. And then right. he, my dad would say, yeah. you know, I haven't seen your brother any And I went, well, he was there yesterday. No, he wasn't. And then uh, I find out he was. Uh, yeah. So sometimes that's almost, oh gosh, almost, you know, there's a Sadness yeah. that they're losing, but there's also kind of a, a funny part, just going, "Oh my gosh, that's dad, that's mm-hmm. the experience." So right. I'm not telling you just to what? walk away from it, but you do have to be able to to understand that what your family's going through is a short term experience. I hate to say this, but people yeah. at your parents' age, it's it's going to be a different story in five years. So be working with your siblings so that you can still have relationship with your siblings, but not. Um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't worry too much about. Um, some of the details if it, with it if you're not will you know if, unless you want to fight if that's the battle well, you want to right. fight then do it
3: it's not going to be equal you no. have to accept that and yeah. at the end of parents lives kids still want to know that they're loved and valued and yeah. that's often seen through what is left behind yeah and that always
1: leaves you coming up short yeah when you look at yeah. it that way yeah you know, uh, Lori, I wish we had a book that said how to mm-hmm. navigate this. I'm thinking, Jim, you probably need to write one. Yeah. That. But, you know, because it, what you said to her, though, is very powerful. Mm-hmm. Lori, you're going to have to do your own work. I'm going to send you healing as a choice because here's the thing. You don't want to be in reaction to your brother, no. to your parents, whether they said you were going to get the house or not. It, you do not want to be strapped up into that. Um, in Ephesians 4 where it says get rid of all bitterness rage all that stuff get rid of it because you're not going to take it with you and you don't want to risk your 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 connection with your family it, it's not fair all the time nope. I mean we've heard all kinds of stories and uh, we just we want you to be able to be helpful where you can to stay in connection with your family and see that this next chapter for those of us who have been through it it is, More challenging than you may even realize because you see your parents, they look the same, they don't think the same. And, uh, you know, we just want to keep that connection strong. Thanks for calling. We'll be right back.
4: We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question or a comment, call toll-free 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live.
1: Welcome back. We are glad that you joined us in whatever way that you are listening. I know we have people that are listening on the podcast and the app and uh, online and our radio program as well. And I just want to invite you, you know, if you're listening in another way, you can call us Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 1 to 3 Eastern at 1-800-229-3000. We've got some calls. We're going to continue uh, to go back to the calls. We're going to talk with Anthony, who's calling us from Austin, Texas, listens on Sirius XM. Hi, Anthony. Thanks for waiting. How can we help you today?
6: Hi. Thank you guys for taking my call today. Um, I have a mother, and I suffered some abuse when I was a child, actually a lot. And I wound up moving with my dad, and I didn't talk to her for about 15 years. And we recently reconnected. Um, I found Christ, and I wanted to offer forgiveness and talk to her. Um, but as soon as we reconnected, the only thing she wanted to talk about was me loaning her money. Um, and as soon as I established a boundary and said no, um, she cut me back off and doesn't talk to me, doesn't return my calls, uh, doesn't even call my daughter. Um, so I, I'm wondering if I should just suck it up and just, you know, give her money to keep her in my life, or should I just? go back to our default setting which is just not talking so I'm just looking for a little
1: advice. That's so hard Anthony it's it's hard because you have an expectation that there would be a reconnection. Jill how about we start with uh, you?
3: Anthony ouch mm. um here you know you're in a place where you're trying to reconnect and and hoping for something and she asks you for money and Anthony, if we look at, like, what does that behavior mean? One, it means your mom is desperate. Two, is she really interested in reconnecting with you, or is she just interested in getting her survival needs met? And sometimes Mm -hmm. because we've come to a better place, we're willing to offer forgiveness. We forget that maybe the other person hasn't done the work. And they might be in the same place where we left them. Just time has passed, and that's they've gotten a little older. That's the only difference. Or they've gotten worse over time. Yeah. And is that yeah. what you really want your daughter exposed to? I mean, you could appease her and give her money. Sure, and she'll talk to you for a little bit until she needs it again. And as soon as you say no, she's going to, like, shut, shut you out.
6: Yeah, she, so, she borrowed $2,000 in a span of about four weeks. And I felt, I felt bad because she needed it for rent and, and she, we were talking and it felt good to actually talk to her. But the second I said no, it was like, yeah, well, you know, wow, okay. Uh, so that hurt a little bit. I'm not going to, you know, even though I haven't talked to her consistently, yeah. it still hurts to have Absolutely. her back out of the relationship. Yeah.
3: Oh absolutely. oh, absolutely. And so that $2000 was a gift to her, correct? Correct. Because correct. you know she's not going to pay it back.
1: Yeah, it's so yeah. hard. Yeah. It's and yeah. Anthony, um did you say that you just came uh to Christ just recently?
6: Uh, this was probably 5 years ago. Mm.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. So in in the process yeah. of, you know, finding this new life of yours, you're wanting to reconnect with your birth mom. That yeah. makes total sense. Yeah. But you know what's so hard about the boundaries, like you know, is that they don't feel good even though they are good. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the whole story with your mom, but um, let's hear what Jim has to say about yeah. this. But we just, it's, we feel for you,
2: Anthony. I have a quick question for you. Have you dealt with the abusive relationship that you had with your mom? Have you worked through that internally? Through that internally. You didn't speak for 15 years. So have you dealt yeah, with? with with that do you feel at peace
6: yeah i actually had to go to therapy uh-huh. for it um okay. it was tough and um, the second i try and talk to her about it it's a no it's a no-go yeah. um so i have to avoid certain conversations and yeah. just not be myself with her yeah.
2: yeah right right and 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 what you what kind of a relationship do you want now you i mean you understand the abusive parts that were going on in your life what kind of a relationship do you actually hope for with her
6: just maybe to spend thanksgiving and Christmas with her uh-huh. I mean my daughter has never met her um mm-hmm. that would be that would be a good start just yeah. to come visit yeah um, I'll take that
2: yeah you know what what's interesting is is you're that's a positive move in the sense of I didn't hear you say I want her to nurture me for the rest of my life and I want right. her to take care of me and and actually that's really positive because she's not going to do that she's not she's she's not she doesn't have that capacity it sounds like so what when Becky said you know boundaries there there's Boundaries have consequences, mm-hmm. and there's good consequences with boundaries, but also the one that sometimes hurts is when we have a boundary and it it didn't work. You made the yeah. right boundary. Right. There's no yes. – all of us would say what you did is right. How nice that you – I mean you were – loaned slash gave her the $2,000. That can't keep going on, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, you know, time may heal. You're, it's an, what I call a reverse estrangement because a lot of times we get people calling saying, I'm estranged from my children, you're estranged from your mom. Right. And so, you know, the things that you have She's to...
3: She's the acting out child.
2: Exactly, she is. So that means that, you know, you can take some baby steps. Maybe they'll. Maybe that will happen. Maybe you do invite her. Maybe you say, can we come by for 15 minutes with my daughter? Don't even talk about that stuff and just, you know, Maybe that changes, but that's the kind of thing. I think you got to take some baby steps on that and see what happens. Yeah, I was
1: thinking.
3: Yeah, yeah. a holiday may have too many expectations around yeah. it. I think yeah. a non-holiday time, yeah. mom. I just want you to meet my daughter. I want to try to connect yeah. with you. No, mom, I can't yeah. give you yeah, money. I'm
2: coming by with but, a, with some food. I'm coming yes. by with flowers, yes. something like that.
3: Yep, great idea. Okay.
1: Yeah, and baby, baby steps, Anthony. We are going to send you a copy of Healing is a Choice. I think it will help you with this uh, process. We're glad you called. We'll be right back after this.
0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Club New Life supporters who give a monthly donation because they want to continue to offer help and hope in these very, very difficult places. To find out more about Club New Life, you can go to our website, newlife.com, or call one 800 new life. Now, if you're new to us, we drop an episode every weekday. We would love it if you would rate or write a review, which helps more people discover help and hope, and helps us share wisdom with as many people as possible. Now, let's listen to our counselors as they help people walk through life's hardest places.
4: glad you joined us for new life live to be a part of the program call 1-800-229-3000 now back to new life live
1: welcome back we are so grateful to be here and to offer so many ways for you to find freedom in your life and one of those things is uh, emotional freedom we have our online event that is coming, coming up march 16th and we have a free quiz at newlife.com so you can check your level of emotional freedom uh we have an early bird rate that ends tomorrow so i want to invite you if you have not already signed up for emotional freedom there are some spots left and we would love for you to spend the day with us online it's pretty convenient i mean when you can get lots of help we're going to still have the breakout groups chris williams steve arterburn and dr jackie McHarris harris all present and uh, it's just a great way to get some movement in your life so that you can experience that new life. Right now, we're going to go back to the calls, and we're going to speak with Michael, who's calling us from Evansville, Indiana, listens on Pure Radio. And we're so glad you called. Michael, how can we help you today?
7: Hey, guys. Short-time listener, fourth-time caller. I have a, um, I don't know if it's a problem, but just last night, a buddy of mine, his dad passed. And I don't have an emotional reaction to that. Um, I know that he obviously does, and will, next time I see him. And I have no problem listening uh, to people talk about it, um, being there for them, being kind. But whether it comes to... And I also had, as I was thinking while I was on hold, I seem to be less affected if the person has had a long life, even if they ended from cancer or... Heart attack or something like that. That had a long life. I feel even less emotionally struck. Whereas if somebody is um, younger, you might think, "Well, that shouldn't have happened to them." I'd be more affected, uh, and if they are close to me, I feel more affected. But in general, I don't have a strong reaction to death, and I don't, I don't have a desire to pray for them. Uh, because uh, there's I mean for yeah i don't know whatever the situation okay. is, I feel like it's done in my mind, and so uh, my first question is, am I normal? <laughs> Second, uh, <laughs> is there anything that i that I need to do uh,
1: or can do to have
7: a better reaction if that's the case?
1: You know, Michael, I love that you're, I love your honesty and it's, I love, I love awareness in anybody, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. the first step, but Jim, what would yeah. you offer Michael? <laughs> you know,
2: Michael, I was smiling because I think you're normal. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's what happens. I mean, for a couple of things, one is when people have lived a long life, you can rejoice and celebrate. They're with Jesus. There's a better life ahead of them mm-hmm. and they lived a good life when it, it is always harder when somebody, you know, dies earlier, dies in an accident, you know, things like that. I appreciate that you understand also that you don't have to feel the depth of emotion for your friend's dad who passed. But how cool that you want to help them. And you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you a quick story. I have a friend whose whose wife was dying, and some guy he's a pastor, and some guy would come in from his church and would hold his hand. He's a truck driver, kind of rough hands. Never say anything, not even give him advice. Just kind of be there for him and say, hey, can I get you some coffee? Do you need anything? And then he would leave. And and my friend said, I never wanted that guy to leave. Other people came and gave advice and – I mean, you know, even offered prayers and that's I'm never said prayer is never a bad thing. But he said, you know, I was I couldn't wait for them to leave as I was going through this grief. But it was just this truck driver guy who just came and it was the power of being there. You just said that. Mm -hmm.
0: So that's what your friend
2: needs. You don't have to feel the same empathy. I mean, you have to feel empathy, but you don't have to feel the same pain or struggle and
3: if you did feel the same depth of feeling you would be of no use
2: to them because then it would
3: be all about your feelings exactly so yeah
2: so i think you're awesome and i think you're normal and i think a lot of us feel that way i do
1: well, and and someone who's, I, I, someone who's I the, was just going to say we always say that normal is a setting on a dryer, yeah. right? But Michael, we think you are normal, but it's also grief is that yeah. personal experience. It's yeah. not everybody doesn't feel the same way, so there's no judgment right. on you because of that. Jill, right. sorry, to well, right,
3: you. that's okay. So Good. when people have lived a long life and they pass, right, for the for the person whose parent it is, right, mm-hmm. it's it's always too soon. Yeah. right but it does fit the normal course of right. the life cycle right and so that's what you're saying when it's it, out outside of the normal life cycle we see it as tragic instead of oh okay here is life it, it tends to carry on and so michael i would as you're reflecting on this i would also look are there other areas of life where you find that you have less feeling about um or is it just this area? If it's just this area, I don't think you need to worry. And some people um, tend to intellectualize their feelings more. Other people, it's all emotive, right? And so kind of what is the range of normal for you in reactions to emotional content? And then... Um, how how do you see yourself in terms of kind of across the board when things happen in life that you see maybe others having more emotion too?
7: Well, so just uh, off the top of my head, there are a lot of uh, different there's um, you know, a lot of different reactions I've had to different things. But one that popped into my mind was when 911 happened. I didn't understand the magnitude of it. I mean, I was 18. Yeah. At the time. I didn't understand the magnitude of it until I was like 22 mm-hmm. or 20. You know, I, there, was a, there was definitely a delay in my mm-hmm. response of, oh, that was a really bad thing that happened. And it was a few years before I had that response to it.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. right. That's normal. Well,
3: and I think, too, we we kind of have become, with our exposure and saturation, yeah. of tragic events we've become desensitized Mm -hmm. i think as a people right and it's kind of almost like watching a video game the way life is and once in a while a a scenario will jump out that feels Mm -hmm. like it hits closer to home Mm -hmm. that is tragic but again if we let ourselves feel the magnitude of everything in this world that's happening we, we wouldn't be able to get out of bed So we have to have some way of filing that information and not letting everything take on the same level of importance.
1: And Jill and Jim, um, speak to the idea of becoming familiar with your own emotions. Because I think, Michael, you're you're questioning your own self because you're comparing it to others. You know, what is normal? What's typical? What's, mm-hmm. you know, what's expected? If it's just stressing you, that's worth exploring because mm-hmm. just like Jill said in the beginning, trauma will shut down our reaction. Mm-hmm. You may be right. in a trauma state. And so, Jill, I don't know if you want to say more about that, but that's what I'm well, thinking Well, I think since you, you
3: are reflecting on yourself, I, I would kind of do that daily, right? And maybe, you know, kind of take inventory at the end of the day. Okay, what are three different things that I felt during the day? Right. Did I have emotional reaction to and start to become more aware instead of, you know, mad, glad, sad or afraid. Right. Like there are more extensive lists of feelings and kind of tease it out a little bit and see. And and what when you have an emotion. Right. Then be able to say, okay, what did I do with that? Right. Was my tendency to shut it down? Did I just kind of freeze in the face of that? Mm -hmm. Did I run from it? Um, and, and look at exactly kind of how you are processing that. Mm -hmm.
2: Even the question you ask us at the beginning is a really healthy question because you're saying, you know, am I normal? How am I feeling? So what I hear Jill saying is ask that question more often. Was this a normal reaction? Not just with your friend whose dad passed or, you know, somebody who's lived a long life or those kinds of things, but, you know, because you want to be in touch with your emotions, um, And if you're not in touch with your emotions, then it's going to leak out in different ways. So, you know, find people around you. You I'm in a small group. We talk about this all the time, how we're feeling. You know, some guys have trouble saying the word feeling or identifying their feelings. She just said, sad, glad, mad. There's guys who say, I don't even, I don't know. I honestly don't know if I am. So, you know, be around people where you can feel comfortable to do that. And I think you find that, uh, frankly. Michael, at at your church in a in a men's small group, Um, you know, sometimes it's obviously through therapy or coaching or with your pastor or whoever. But be in touch with your emotions, and you know, stay in touch with that. And sometimes I find in my own self, I'm, I'm, you know, I've been married to Kathy for a long time, but I'll say, how am I doing? What do you think? And sometimes I'll be honest with you. I don't like her answer.
1: Okay,
2: she tells me, well, I think you aren't not. I I don't think you're in touch with that.
1: Mm. You know, yeah,
7: Michael, yeah, we yeah, talk... My, uh, my reaction is relative, like the normality of my reactions are relative to those around me, the culture around mm-hmm. me. I, and, well,
1: Michael, what we're, what we're saying is saying. that it... But it's a little bit of a tweak, is mm-hmm. that it's not about everybody. It's about getting familiar with how you respond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I We're going to send you a copy of How We Love, which may seem counterintuitive, but it's going to have the soul word list in yes. there it talks all about where our attachment style comes from which will speak to a lot of what you were asking michael yes. and i you know i just think that it could be very helpful and maybe make a copy of that soul word list tape it to your refrigerator and ask yourself every day i need to find three feelings that i felt today it's it's really um it's not that you have to measure what everybody else is doing But you do have to recognize, I do have feelings, I can express myself, and it may be a little bit different than somebody else. We're glad you called, it was a great question, and we'll be right back after this.
4: To find out more information about New Life, or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live.
1: Welcome back. We are so glad that you joined us today, and I mentioned that emotional freedom online workshop that's going to be March sixteenth. But we also have our Every Man's Battle that's starting tomorrow in Dallas, Texas. And so, if this is an issue, don't wait. Join us in Dallas. We have so many ways that you can um, be part of an intensive that could change your life. I know it will. We we've been doing it for. A, just a little bit of time, maybe 20 some years, and uh, we've had thousands of people that have gone through and done the work and it has changed everything about their lives. So we wanna invite you to reach out, call us, and uh, we'll get you connected. Right now we are gonna go to next call with Andy from Cordelina, Idaho, listens on KBXL. Hello Andy, thanks for calling. How can we help you today?
8: Uh, yeah, I have a question. Um... I've been married twice 2 long-term marriages and I've been single for uh, about five years now. And, um, I wanted to ask, um, you know, I deal with masturbation, uh, right, wrong. Uh, you know, I, I always feel guilty when I do do it. Um, and, uh, I, I, I really don't even know how to ask the question, uh, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I was uh, molested at a very young age in, in my life, so I, I've always dealt with guilt uh, mm. about sex and what have you. And Andy, uh, now had, that I'm, I'm single again, I'm, I'm like, uh, what do I do?
1: Andy, have you done any healing work regarding the past sexual victimization?
8: I've gone to counseling, um, and um, I, I know that that's just, I mean, that's something that wasn't my fault. Uh, right. Even though I know that in my mind, you know, the guilt has always lived with me uh, because mm-hmm. I always think in, in my subconscious, I don't know if it's Satan saying, you know, I could have done something uh, mm-hmm. to stop it. Um, But I I can't go back and change what happened.
1: Gosh, and it's heartbreaking when we hear these stories because um, your body responds because that's the way we're built. But it's not you were you were abused. It wasn't yours. And I know we could say that 20 more times, but it is such a an intense process to get that healing. Jill, um yeah. how would you direct Andy yeah. to get some freedom in this area?
3: Well, first of all, Andy, when I hear people say, uh, I wished I had done something or I could have done something, right? That's actually a way of giving yourself a sense of greater control than you had. Because if it was mm-hmm. in your power to have done something, right, then you could have changed it right and so the guilt is a byproduct of that but it still feels better than realizing no probably there wasn't anything you could have done right that that person mm-hmm. who abused you was bigger and more powerful and had more control over you than you could do in getting away right because if you could have gotten away you would have so that tells me you, you yeah. couldn't Right. And that's a hard thing to accept because it's like, you mean I couldn't have changed the outcome. So there's a part of you that's still trying to change the outcome, even though intellectually, you know, you can't. Yeah. Right. So that in terms of and
8: that that, guilt. um, Yeah. When it rears its head, um, you know, it's not every day, but, you know, when it comes up, it's really hard to deal with. that feeling of of guilt of being able to have made my life different
3: absolutely and some of that is just grieving that this happened to your life right and it caused the consequences that it caused like when you said I could have made my life different yeah but this bad thing happened right and so it did alter the course of your life now that doesn't mean it has to completely define your life Right, And the guilt and the trying to kind of control it yourself keeps you tied to it
1: um, well and you 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 mentioned too Andy that you had two divorces and now yeah. this issue with masturbation is continuing to be a problem but it it just if you if you don't have freedom it just means there's more work to do not that you didn't do it right it's just it, it is an indication that mm-hmm. you still have some work to do we all do. We all do until it's just part of the process, but you want to work towards that freedom, Joe. Right.
3: So, a, a couple of things. There's, um, I don't know if you've heard of Dan Allender, but his book, Wounded Heart. I, it's not something we carry here, but it would be worth checking out for you because he deals with that whole issue of guilt in there. And then, um, Becky, I think either our Emotional Freedom Workshop or Every Man's Battle.
1: I think I think, for, would, I think every man's battle would. I think every man's battle, Andy. I think it would just be a great place because part of the thing that we help the men with is it's a no shame zone. Mm-hmm. It's just part of a healing journey. But uh, Jim, since you are a man and you are right. on the show, what would you? Uh, how would you direct well, Andy? One of,
2: uh, Andy, uh, most men struggle with masturbation, and I think sometimes because it's still silent and people don't talk about it, but a lot of men do. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, one of the greatest Christian counselors ever uh, used to say that eight out of 10 guys by the time they're 18 have a masturbation experience, and the other two are probably liars, right? I mean, he said that as a joke, <laughs> yeah. but it's kind of true, okay? Yeah. So what yeah. you're experiencing is somewhat normal. Now, what you do with that is where it's key. Let's say that you're having a masturbation experience and you're connecting to porn. Okay, no, not good. Let's say that it's obsessive compulsive, that you don't know how to cope with stress, and so you cope with stress by having a masturbation experience. And that's not smart, see. Let's say that you have a deep problem with lust. Well, the Bible's pretty clear on what we do with lust. So there are things that that would say, this is how you starve it, there's ways to stop, et cetera. Then there's that gray line, that fine line where there are times where it's a a release. Um, And Christian leaders have different opinions on this. Mm For example, if you were in the Catholic Church, the Catholic Church would say it's a sin. Uh, most in the Protestant Church don't say it necessarily that strongly. So you'll. So it's not a good answer. I'm going to sound like a politician here, but you're going to have to decide what is right with you and God. I think the Holy Spirit speaks to us differently. And I honestly think he might speak to you in one way and to somebody else in another. I'm not suggesting that... Um, because you're feeling some of this shame, is it true? Is it right? Sh- right shame, or is it a false sense of shame? Those are the kinds of conversations That's you want to. have. I want to know. Yeah,
8: yeah. I, 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 you know, I've been listening to your show and Every Man's Battle, and I thought, well, maybe mm-hmm. I should buy this book. I don't live yeah. in Dallas, but. I, I thought, okay, why? Why do I? Mm-hmm. And it it's, has been infrequent. I've been able to go long periods of mm-hmm. time, and, right. and I just start asking myself, why do I do this? Mm-hmm. Is right. it connected to abuse? Yeah. Is it right. release? Yeah. Those and are
2: I, good questions.
8: I come up with the answer that for myself, it's. it's I, I can finally just release. And relax um, you know and and when you're alone and you're dealing with rejection uh you know mm-hmm. the divorces were not my idea, but um you know, it, it, it's my well, value, my self-value right? uh, is involved in and that. Does
1: that make sense? Yeah. yeah. You're asking the right yes, questions. Yes, absolutely. Andy, I think here's here's what I would suggest. We're going to send you a copy of the Everyman's Battle workshop. We're getting close to the end of the show, so I want to make sure you get this information. And if you can't get to Dallas, we do have an online version of um, Everyman's Battle that we'll let the call screener give you that information, and maybe that will be that next step for you. We're so glad that you called and uh, I hope that something we said will get you further down the road to healing. That's what we're here for. We want to help you experience that new life. Thank you, Jill. Thank you, Jim. And thank you, listeners. Stay in touch with us. And uh, if you need anything, call us. 1-800-NEW-LIFE or newlife.com. We'll see you time.
0: Thanks so much for listening. We hope something you heard will help you live in freedom today. If this content was helpful for you, We would love it if you'd take a minute, leave us a review, post about it, and rate it. Remember, we have resources and workshops online for you as you continue your journey. Go to newlife.com and find out more information. And thank you for being part of the New Life community. We know that God desires all of us to live a life of wholeness and healing. And we're so glad that you're here.